Welcome back to Millennial Thoughts Podcast with your favorite Black and educated women, Alicia and Kat. And we are on our millennial money journey. Two millennial women navigating adulthood, learning everything that college didn't teach us. Let's get to the biz. Budgeting, investing, savings, and student loans. But first, make sure you join our Facebook group, Millennial Thoughts, so you can keep up with the new episodes, join the conversation, and get resources to help you on your personal finance journey. If you enjoy this episode, please leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you may listen. And also don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Millennial Thoughts Pod. Two L's, two N's. Now to the thought of the day. As you know, this month is National Black Business Month, so our millennial mogul is Justina Weir. She is based in Toronto, Ontario, and she sells travel accessories from personalized luggage to passport covers. Her most recent product she created was Travel Binders. Don't let COVID hold you back. You can still save for travel. And she's doing a giveaway. Yay! All you have to do is follow us on Instagram at Millennial Thoughts Pod, Alicia's Adventures, and Custom to Fly with a two. And comment your birthday on Millennial Thoughts' latest IG post, and you'll be entered in to win. The contest goes until the 22nd, and we will announce the winner on the 23rd. But while you are waiting, make sure you go out and check customtofly.com and check out all her home decor and her travel accessories. Today, we are on the podcast with Kayla Bell. She empowers those struggling with personal finance budgets, tackle debt, save money, and confront fears through her financial coaching services. Nice to meet you, Kayla. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are y'all? I'm doing good. I'm doing good also. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us today on the podcast to share a little bit about your money journey. No problem. I'm excited. <laughs> yes. And um, for the people who may not know you, uh, can you just like tell them what a financial coach coach is or how you got into financial coaching? Yes. So a financial coach involves someone who is focused on helping individuals with their personal finances. I mean, you kind of touched it when you were talking about the intro. I help people budget you know, debt payoff planning, stacking them coins so they can go and travel wherever they want. Mm -hmm. Um, In summary, you know, a financial coach is someone that helps you manage the money that you're receiving and helps to teach financial literacy so that you have, you make better decisions. Oh, okay. Financial literacy is really coming out a lot now. I feel like it's very important um, in this generation as millennials or whatever to just learn more about how to do your finances and how to like, you know, put it out there and just figure out different things because everybody wasn't taught that. And Mm -hmm. then also um, everybody's not learning about it. So facts. So like (laughs) um, if you just think about it, like the way our parents or even our grandparents, uh, you know, budgeted their checkbook, that's not how you're going to budget your checkbook nowadays. I mean, you can, it's just that 
most people aren't going to write down every time they write a transaction, pull out their little tracker and do it right then and there. Uh, fortunately for us, we have very detailed bank statements. Most banks have some type of app that allows you to track. Um, and then there are apps like Mint that are created now. So it just makes it a lot easier to be digital with your tracking. But I mean, I understand people who are old school. I like my paper too. <laughs> okay. And so when I was going through, I'm kind of, I guess I'm switching a little bit and as far as like asking questions. But when I was going through your Instagram, um, mm -hmm. you had like a little post about how if someone want to save five um save five hundred. Now can you talk a little bit about that? Like how did how should they go about saving five hundred dollars? Okay, so saving five hundred dollars. I mean, there are a few things to think about, right? So first you want to make sure that you incorporate some no spend days into your budget. I recommend at least three. This means on that day, you do not go out and spend extra money. This okay. doesn't mean you don't pay your rent on that day. Yes, you pay your rent. That's a normal, that's a normal bill. Yes, <laughs> I want to buy my rent. <laughs> yes, yes, please pay your rent. Don't be going out there saying, Kayla told me not to pay my yeah. rent today. Right. <laughs> No, so like a no spend day means, okay, you know, today I'm not going to buy any out to eat food. You know, today I'm not going to go grocery shopping on this day. Or um, I know some people like to buy their groceries every day. You know, you, mm -hmm. you, you, should, you should really plan those things ahead. <laughs> Unless yeah. you just like going into the grocery store every single day. I'm not one of those people. You know, you can't go out and buy coffee that day. Every single thing you do needs to come from something you have in your home. Okay. So then how would like, as far, cause I know it's hard, like, trust me, I've been there. I could be an overspender sometimes. I've become a little bit cheap myself now, but <laughs> yeah. it's so hard like to teach yourself discipline. Like how would someone go about just like working on that discipline aspect of it, of like learning how to just like not spend in three days or something? Yeah. So first, I definitely say that someone has to be sick and tired of their current situation. Mm -hmm. Like you mm -hmm. have to be so upset that you don't have $500 saved. Yeah. Um, I remember for me personally, I wanted to travel the world and I didn't want to travel on credit. So mm -hmm. it was like, well, how can I save this money? How can I make it happen? Uh, while personally for me, the no spend day isn't that hard as long as you prepare <laughs> so like one thing that you can do is you can make sure that you're preparing your meals so you cook all of your meals that week every mm -hmm. week um that doesn't mean every single meal you eat has to come from the house that just means that you budgeted a, a good amount for your groceries you make sure mm -hmm. you cooked all your meals and i'm i'm gonna say at least six six at the minimum okay i like that yeah and then you want to make sure you set a time frame i think the the if you make something that's too strict on yourself, you're not going to want to stick to it. So let's say you wanted to save $400, I mean, $500 in four weeks. You want to save $125 a week. If you know you cannot save $125 a week, don't do that to yourself. Instead, give yourself six weeks or eight weeks where you would then be able to save $62, you know, a week. That's more reasonable for some people. Yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. Um, and so when you're talking about like, the things that you said you were doing, you were like, you're sick and tired of that you want to travel and everything like that. I feel like a big thing in the personal finance journey is like uh, figuring out what you want to sacrifice and like when you want to sacrifice mm -hmm. and how you want to sacrifice. So um, I know you said one was like you wanted to travel the world. So um, when you look at it, 
with your sacrifices, what, uh, I mean, like maybe even other things, like what else do you feel like you have to sacrifice to becoming debt free in a sense? Husband and I, we wish we was debt free. We are definitely closer to the end of our journey. Um, COVID definitely decided to throw everything out the window. Uh, Uh, Okay. By the end of this year, if everything had went according to plan, we would have had no credit card debt. We would have had the majority of the uh, car paid off. Like, but what we decided to do is we decided to put everything that we could into our emergency fund because if I lost Mm. my job or he lost his job, we didn't feel financially stable Mm. at that point. Girl, I wish I was financially. (laughs) I have paid off some debt. But we, okay. we're not there yet. We all we <laughs> we gonna we, get there. We're chucking on. We're chucking on though. <laughs> okay, I'm cracking up. <laughs> well, within that journey, um, so within the journey that you're still paying off, what do you feel like you're still sacrificing now to pay it off? With, I guess, if COVID didn't happen or something like that, um, what do you feel like were some of your biggest sacrifices that you've dealt with? Well, definitely, I would say that it would be uh, the husband and I sacrifice. So mm-hmm. we do our finances together. I know not all couples do it. Um, mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. It's one, it's one less stress that you have to worry about because uh, mm-hmm. you're making all of your decisions together. However, so for us, things that we've had to sacrifice is like uh, going out with friends. You know, mm-hmm. like we budget $200 a month for going out <gasps> to eat oh or my going gosh. out. And so, uh, I mean, now with that, with that is a caveat, right? So like, Mm -hmm. if we know, you know, J. Cole coming to town, we going to plan for that so we can go Mm -hmm. see J. Cole. But uh, we do $200. So that that means that if we go to the restaurant twice and then uh, do something fun, we could. That's three outings in a month. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, with, with Corona, we don't. We don't get those. You know, we're not really getting that opportunity right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, that's one sacrifice that we definitely made. Oh, and I was just wondering, because, I mean, I don't know if you want people to know where you live, but I know where you live. And I'm like, dang, I know that's a popping city and stuff like that. (laughs) I I don't know if I can do that one. Um, I mean, that's fine. I'm in the Houston area. (laughs) So, yes, definitely a lot more Houston all the time. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, they, they, I heard they got the nice food, you know. Well, of course, with Corona, we ain't really going nowhere. Texas really needs to be locked back down. But in A general, girl. yeah, wow. <laughs> in general, um, I just was like, oh, my goodness. Like, that's a popular city. And so I have a question. This is kind of like, I just, like, threw it in here because um, you talked about you and your husband, like, sharing finances or whatever. And I just want to get your take on this question. So um, I was watching this video yesterday that my friend sent me. I don't know if you did you ever watch a Family Matters? Um, you know Lauren's best friend, uh, Maxine. I think her name was the light skinned girl. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Or no? I feel like I have an idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay because I don't even really like I remember her, but I don't really remember her. But she was on this podcast, and it it was like should women pay for dates, and it was like. Um, this man or whatever. I want to pull it up, but I don't want it to get messed up. But basically, like this lady, um, so like someone he was interested in was like, "Hey, I want to go here, 
um, can you take me here or something like that? And so the man was like, okay, I don't want to take it. Um, I don't want to like say no to her, but like I have a budget. Mm-hmm. But he was like, he was like, okay, well maybe she thinks I'm financially responsible. And so <laughs> um, he was like, well, hey, like it's not in the budget right now. I can't take you to this place, but next month I can take you to this place. Like if we get to that next month or whatever. And like um, she didn't text him back at all. Like she left him all red. Well, okay. So for me, like I would immediately be like, "Oh, dang, she immature, right?" Like that—that's mm-hmm. my response to it. Um, not even at least texting him back. I feel like that's immature. However, yeah, no, I do feel like that's rude. She texts like, back. Yeah, like he was—he was trying. That's just yes. rude. Um, <laughs> I feel like there are there are multiple approaches, you know, right to like a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, personally. That wouldn't have bothered me at all. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, okay, that's cool. Where, you know, what's in budget this month? Especially mm-hmm. if I like the person. If I'm not just going out for them to get a free meal, then, I mean, I want to get to know mm-hmm. them. Yes. Um, so, what I will say is that there are all types of different people up in this world. Mm-hmm. And there are definitely women who believe men should pay for 100% of everything. And um, there are women who don't. I'm mm-hmm. one of those who don't. I mean, when my uh, husband and I first started dating, yeah, he might have paid for, uh, you know, more of the meals than I did, but I would pay for a here, you know, I pay mm-hmm. for the movies there, or we'll yeah. go out to eat into the movies, and he'll pay for the dinner, and I'll pay for the movies, or vice versa. Um, at the end of the day, the way I approach relationships, and the way I've seen a lot of um, people approach relationships, also their finances within the relationship, is mm-hmm. that it's teamwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if one person feels like the other person is holding back, there's going to cause problems in the long run. Mm. Granted, separate finances has definitely worked for some people. I've just seen it <laughs> fail, crash and burn. Yeah, for a lot of <laughs> yeah I'm cracking up. Um, well, my parents, like, they do have separate accounts, but they also have joint accounts for bills and stuff like that. So I do think it is um, different um, depending on, like, what financial state they are in um yes. i just thought i would like get your um opinion because like you're married and you like talk about finances with your husband as well which i do think i'm like uh, i don't know because i don't want to be like that one percent person i don't know if i'd have been taken back from it maybe like before this year like someone's like oh i'm on a budget that's not on my budget me personally <laughs> i don't do budgets so that would be something but i was like well they be like, well, you say you want men to be honest. So, like, at least he was honest. But then at it's least like, he was honest. <laughs> but, yeah, but then I'm like, um, me personally, like, I don't even really care to go to fancy restaurants. So, I'm like, we could go somewhere else. Like, I don't even care, honestly. <laughs> but it's just be like, oh, my gosh. Like, he said he's on a budget. Like, what's the budget? Like, what's I don't the know budget? what the budget is. <laughs> so, I I mean, like, uh, so, there are people who don't budget. Like, they do it all in their head. And then mm-hmm. there are people who, you know, are expert budgeters like myself. Um, <laughs> I like budgets yeah. because it creates a plan. Right. Mm-hmm. Like there's literally a plan. I know when everything's due. I know when I get paid, if I went out and bought that Louis purse that I've been wanting, that's that's one of my that's one of my goals, you know, in the future. When you I sound when like I my friends. Yes. My but friends like, want a Louis too. <laughs> but like if I went out and bought it today, oh, oh. I mean like yeah. that's 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 about to throw everything off. Yeah. yeah, I might have the money in cash, I might go get it in cash, but guess what? Now I'm short on something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Definitely. 
that you have to worry about. So yeah. it's just like you really just got to think really carefully. But definitely when you're financial free, get you that Louis. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get that Louis, girl. That's my goal. <laughs> I am cracking up. I definitely <laughs> agree with you. I don't know if I, I don't really want a Louis, but I'm like, everybody wants a Louis. But I want something else. I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't even know. Oh, I do know what I want to do. When I become financial free, I'm trying to take a trip around the world. <laughs> I support that too, but I want like a white and gray Louis. I'm not the traditional mm-hmm. brown one. I want the white oh. and gray Louis. Okay, okay, I see what you're over saying. Here. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so you talk about budgeting, and so I know you talk about saving five hundred dollars and different things like that. What um are like five ways people can start to even save money? I know you said no spend days. That's something that I heard before. Do you have any yes. other um tips that people can start to try to save money? Uh, definitely set long-term goals. Okay. So like, um, let's say a long-term goal, which is actually a goal of, for the husband and I is to buy a house in four years. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what are some micro goals to help us reach that long-term goal? You know, like that's the next step after you set your long-term goals, what's a micro goal to help reach it. Okay. So first we need a a house fund, you know, like we're going to have to pay for the closing costs. We're going to have to pay for, you know, application fees. We're going to have to furnish the house. You know, like it's just so many things that we need to think about. Um, I mean, you know, and we got to pay a percentage down for the loan. So there's so many things to think about. So like now we have to plan that out. Uh, So let's create a house fund. Um, A house fund definitely depends on the type of house you want, the size of house you want, the area you want. So then those are all the things, little things that you then have to research. Right. So uh, let's say our goal is forty thousand dollars. So um, I say set at least two no spend days, but it also depends on how long you have to reach your goal. We have four years to reach our goal. So we have a little bit more time. We're not like trying to buy a house in a year, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, one way to help reach that goal would be to make sure that we're automating our savings each month. And when I say automate your savings, I don't mean you just, you know, automate for um, your money to enter your regular checking account. Or for your money to even enter the check, the savings account connected to your checking account. I'm talking about a high yield interest savings account. Come on, automate yes. that money straight to there. Make let your money work for you, even if you That's only right. earn in, you know, uh, um, you know. We're going to blame Rona again. Um, <laughs> the interest rate has definitely went down uh, compared to what it was like at the beginning of this year, or even like mid of last year. But it's still a lot higher than what uh, the majority of these banks are giving you, which is usually like 0.01 or 0.025. Like yeah. high yield interest, you can earn 1% and more. So, you know, like let, let them let them pennies add up. Yeah, no, you're right. For sure. I just ended up getting a high yield savings account. I was a little bit upset about Rona, how uh, of how much my um, interest rate is now. But yeah, before I think it was like 1.61 or something. And because of Rona now it's 1.31. But like, it's still something. It's still, it's still something. something. That money is still hitting your account. Exactly. Like, and then I mean, uh, Personally, uh, we use Ally, and what I do like about Ally is that you can have one bank account, but then you got all these different envelopes, you know? So it's a lot easier to plan out and reach your goals. Uh, 
even though there there are definitely some more high yield interest accounts that have uh, higher interest rates, but mm-hmm. that's just the one that we chose to go with. How do you spell that? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. A L L Y. A L L Y. Okay, I think I've heard of, heard of that. One. They do not have a brick and mortar location. They're one hundred percent online. Mm-hmm. Um, they. They offer like a checking account, high yield, uh, and trading. We just use the high yield interest savings account. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely, like I, if that's if there's one thing that I would recommend somebody to do today, mm-hmm. open yourself a high yield interest savings account and automate your savings to go in there. Money that you do not see is money you cannot spend. That's right. I'm so mm-hmm. glad you. I'm so glad you said that because I literally just put money into it and I don't even think about it. I, it's like I magically forgot about it. Yeah. So how that, that's what you have to do. That? Um, <laughs> like, how would someone start to like? Get, what would you recommend? Like, start with five dollars, five hundred. I don't know. Like, if people don't even know, like, what a high yield savings is. Mm-hmm. I definitely um, say it all depends on your income level, right? how much money you're making a month week bi-weekly you know however you get paid um i would definitely recommend not opening the account until you at least have fifteen hundred dollars saved once you have fifteen hundred dollars saved i recommend transferring a thousand dollars to your ally account and keeping five hundred in the savings account that's in your bank that's connected to your checking account the reason why one thousand so so one thousand in the checking five hundred in the savings or did I get that opposite? You 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 got it you got it uh um completely wrong. Oh, <laughs> what? Sorry. No, Sorry. you're fine. Well, I'm okay, trying to... So you have so once you say fifteen hundred in your savings account that's connected to your checking account. Okay. You then transfer one thousand dollars to your high yield interest savings account. Mm-hmm. And you keep that five hundred in your savings account that's connected to your bank. The reason why okay. I take this approach in dealing with finances is because there is a lag when you have an online bank account mm-hmm. to whenever you need that money. However, if you keep $500 in your savings account for emergencies only, then you'll still have access to that money immediately if you need it. You know, like, let's oh, say your battery goes out in your car. You can go on over to, you know, the auto store and be like, hey, I need a new battery. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So you're talking about you're talking about a different account, but have it connected to your high yield savings account, or did I still get it wrong? So your high yield savings account will be with Ally. Your regular okay. bank account would be mm-hmm. like uh, a Chase, Wells Fargo. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like any, um, even though I also do recommend uh, looking into credit unions mm-hmm. because their fees are a lot less. So. Yep. Um, and I never understood why people use banks. Honestly, I use credit me unions. I use credit unions, <laughs> but. <laughs> Some people are like, well, I need to be able to go to the ATM everywhere. And I'm like, but they got sister locations. Oh, that's true. And then on top of that, with my credit union, I get my check a little bit earlier than everyone. Me too. I get my check three <laughs> days earlier. I'm like, yep. so. <laughs> Dang, I never thought about that, like the pros and cons of banks. I actually have a bank and a credit union, but um, I never, I've always heard like banks have more higher fees. And credit unions, but I guess yeah, credit unions do depend on your location. There's definitely nothing wrong with having a credit union and a bank account, but I definitely recommend getting a credit 
a credit uh, union account because the fees they don't charge you as many fees like um mm. if you lose your job right and you're you are not getting paid anymore a bank is going to charge you a fee to keep that account open your credit union is not mm. that makes sense yeah and even like your annual like interest rate that you have to like pay or whatever for my credit union I, it's literally like cents or dollars that i have to pay every year so it's it's very it really does help to have a credit union mm-hmm. um a credit union. yeah i want to i definitely oh uh, yeah i wanted to ask you um was there like a significance of like why y'all chose four years to like do home ownership or is it just like something that's like uh maybe important like for the future um so we were actually pretty comfortable with our current living situation in an apartment but then I got a new job and a new day job and uh, the new day job requires like both of us to work from home and so you know a one bedroom apartment (laughs) is not that's not gonna cut it so we do but we also wanted to rent a house um, before we buy a house so we can see the things that we like, the things we don't like mm-hmm. uh, before we make the investment in actually buying a mm-hmm. house. Specifically four years because we plan on having children in two years. Okay. And uh, then four years, that gives, you know, that gives us enough time. I know for some people, they want to buy a house before they have mm-hmm. kids. But uh, the immediate home ownership isn't something that uh, is like high on our priority Mm -hmm. list. It's a goal that we want to have, but we're okay if our child is one or two when we move into that house. Yeah, definitely fine. I'm like, um, home ownership, I'll see you in about 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, owning a home is so, it's it's work. Yeah, you gotta keep grass do this. And I'm like, I don't, but then I'm like, but I hate paying rent too. So, at this point, you know. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I mean, both got their downside. Yes, I'm cracking up. Um, so again, I'm gonna relate this back to your Instagram. Um, and I first want to say that mm-hmm. I really like the fuller than life model because I'm a visual learner, and I think that's the best thank way you to go about telling people about finance that could be very like dense at time just to like learn all these different things. And so, what I want or what I'm asking is, can you explain to us your five elements of personal finance? Yes. So, um. I'll list out the five Mm -hmm. elements and then I'll just touch on them real quick. Um, So overcoming financial anxiety is one. Understanding credit impact is two. Income versus spending is three. A zero balance budget is four. And then self-control is the last one. So overcoming financial anxiety, there are actually a lot of people that don't even realize they have financial anxiety. Mm -hmm. It can come in many different forms. Uh, A few that comes to mind is if you are afraid to swipe your card because you think you're about to get declined. That's a form of financial anxiety. Wow. Uh, (laughs) If you, <laughs> that's a, like, it, but most people don't even connect it to that. They just think, you know, like, you know, my money ran out this month. Yeah, no, I'm, well. I'm glad that you brought that up because, like, I definitely went to the store a couple of times and I'm freaking out. And then, like, my bank app is not working. And I'm like, do I even have enough money in my check to even, like, go and purchase all these things? So, like, I mean, I yeah, I'd be like, I'd be like, swipe down, pay later. later. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, that's a form of financial anxiety. Another form of financial anxiety is um, 
ignoring debts, like pretending like it's oh. not there. When they call you, you'd be like, oh, you know, they just calling to get some money, but I don't have it. Uh, but not creating a plan to actually address the issue. Oh. That's another form of financial anxiety. So financial anxiety can come in many ways. Some people are like, show it all to me. I'm one of those people. I'm like, show it all to me. I need to see. Mm -hmm. And then there are other people. They're like, well, if I don't see that these people are coming after me, and if I don't see the impact that we're going right into the next one that is having on my credit, then it's not there. And so then, you know, understanding the credit impact is so, so very important. Um, I know that like I've I've personally like written a few blog posts and talked about uh, credit specifically mm -hmm. and understanding credit and all the elements involved. And I really hope that people I actually have a short video on my um, Instagram channel. People take the time to look and listen, you know making timely payments is one that you definitely should do. You know, that one's ranked higher than some of the others. Um, so it's just like being self-aware of what's involved in your credit and uh, what's going to be the road to get you to where you want to go. Credit is buying power. That's literally what your credit is. It's a buying power. If you don't care about buying power, I mean, you know, then credit don't mean nothing to you. Mm, thank you for touching um, on that. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, that was about to be my next question, but I'm going to go to the next one. Uh, what... Um... What methods do you have in place to tackle debt? Yes. Okay. So for like credit cards, student loans. For me, yeah. Like, okay. So uh, I created this tool that is a debt payoff uh, planner mm -hmm. and tracker. And what it allows me to do and allows me to help my clients do is we'll input your debt, your credit, um, how much can you, what's the minimum payment and then how much extra can you afford to pay? And we can see exactly when you're going to have that card paid off because we're projecting out your interest. We'll see how much interest you're going to pay. And then uh, from there, I like reassess. I know a very popular way of debt planning is the snowball method, which I definitely would recommend. It helps keep your momentum up. I love it. <laughs> uh, if you don't know what the snowball method is, that means that you list out all your debts and then you give them a rank starting from the debt with the lowest amount. Mm -hmm. uh, I personally do a mix between snowball and avalanche. Uh, and then prioritize definitely the snowball method or uh, it's very so much the snowball and avalanche method does have something in common you pay the minimum on all debts but one mm. so uh, that's the common element but the avalanche you you list out all of your debts but you order them by interest rate so uh, the avalanche method, you'll end up paying less in the long run because you are attacking the things with the highest interest. This, but the avalanche method is hard. And a lot of people lose that like, oh, yeah, I did it momentum because it's not as rewarding yep. immediately. It usually takes longer to pay off just one mm -hmm. debt. Whereas the snowball method, if you're hitting those little debts first, you're like, you know, Usually you can possibly hit your first day in one to two months, three at the most. And so then you're like, yeah, I did it. I accomplished something. And then you move on to the next one. And then you again get that feeling. Yeah, I did it. But the avalanche method, it usually take a few months before you get there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and people don't really, uh, they lose moment. They lose hope, you know. 
So I do a mix between the two. Uh, I try to get it to where we're, you're not spending as much money in interest, but still keep that momentum going. Love the snowball method again, just to what you already said that it's just a great way of being able to see rewards real quickly rather than having the avalanche. And yeah, I just like it that way. But um, what I really wanted to talk about is you mentioned credit, right? And like credit, you yes. know, it's that buying power. But sometimes people have issues with um, improving their credit score. So what tips do you have in order to improve the credit score? So first, you need to request, re I can't speak, y'all, <laughs> okay. request your credit reports from the three boroughs. So that would be Equifax, mm -hmm. Experian, and TransUnion. Requesting your credit report is completely free. Okay. So you just can only do it one time a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely free. <laughs> and so then after that once you get your credit report you want to dispute all errors located on your credit report that are false so if someone's saying you owe them money and you don't you need to call um i remember it didn't actually get to my credit report but i remember an apartment complex that i was still living in at the time put me in collections and i was like um, I they were like we couldn't find you. I said, "What you mean you couldn't find me? I'm in a whole new unit. Mm -hmm. I'm in your in your in your file, ain't I?" And um, so it was during Hurricane Harvey in Houston, and they were forced to relocate my apartment. Uh, but I paid an amount when I moved out, but they said that I paid short, and I was like. I paid exactly what you told me, you know, whose fault is that? And so I negotiated with them. I paid the collections people, but then I got a credit on my rent. Oh, wow. Mm. So you just got to, you can't be afraid to reach out and be like, well, what's going on? You know, like explain this to me. Um, and then like earlier I said, make on time payments, like make on, that's like one of the timely payments is one of the ones that you can easily control and that has a good, you know, hefty impact on your overall credit. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Credit is one thing I think is really important. Some people um, don't know how to start or don't know where to go. I didn't know that you can get that one free one. <laughs> Somehow I need to use that one so I can yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. be like, um, hold up, this ain't true, this ain't right. Um, so uh, I wanted to know um, in this like journey that you're going on, I know we're talking about financial freedom through like debt, you know, home ownership and different things like that. What does that mean to you or what does that look like to you, financial freedom? Uh, financial freedom would definitely be, you know, the husband and I paying off the remainder of our credit card debt. Um, us, while we did pay off two cars, so we ended up selling one and getting a new car for me. So yeah. uh, canceling out that loan. I mean, I had all the intentions of keeping that car, but it stopped on me like stopped on me, took it to the auto shop. They fixed it, stopped again. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> I don't want this life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then uh, student loan debt and uh, creating a baby fund so that when our yes. children do get here, we're not stressed, you know, running around trying to figure out how we're going to pay for this and pay for that. Mm -hmm. 
going to buy a house you know i told you in the next four years that's something we want to do and uh just touching on house uh loans if you can pay for your house in cash i mean all the power to right. you but most of us can't <laughs> um so i would recommend definitely looking into a 15 year fixed mm-hmm. loan and you will save you literally can save upwards of a hundred thousand dollars over the course of the loan you would have to like pay more uh during the time right you would have to pay more up front Mm -hmm. so let's say that a 30-year fixed loan your rent was um i'm gonna say fourteen hundred dollars because you know um you know that i mean this is in houston Mm -hmm. right houston we have a pretty good cost of living well everybody moving here now yeah everybody moving here now so everything going on yeah (laughs) So like if you bought a if you bought a house you're probably going to end up spending anywhere from about fourteen to seventeen hundred dollars, um, and that's around the upwards of two hundred lower three hundred thousand dollar home. If you did the uh, fifteen year fixed instead of paying, I'm going to use seventeen hundred because that's 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 more in line with what uh, I'm looking at currently. So instead of seventeen hundred, you might end up paying twenty one hundred or twenty two hundred for rent mm-hmm. uh, for your mortgage. I'm sorry, but that's for fifteen years, not thirty years. Mm-hmm. Um, however, one thing that I will say, and I say the same thing about um, auto loans: if you cannot, at uh, first, do not buy a car if you can't afford to pay it off in three years. Oh, okay. okay. But- <laughs> Thanks for that tip. <laughs> that's. That's take that advice. But if you if they give you, you know, the three year rate for auto loan or if they give you the um, 15 year rate for a mortgage and you're like, well, I can't afford that every month right now in my current situation. I mean, I could slash some extra money here and there, but I can't afford that every month. Then I I would say, you know, it's okay to get that five year auto loan and it's okay to get that 30 year mortgage Mm -hmm. as long as you are committed to paying an extra one to two payments a year until you get more income, change jobs, get some side hustles, and then you can start to contribute more money. So while the expected payment is lower, most people don't penalize you for paying it off early. Mm, Okay, I see what you're saying. That makes sense. And so um, was that something that you heard about, like the three-year tip, or that's just something that you live by? That's kind of something I live by. I don't think I've definitely read like hundreds of books by like financial people. Mm -hmm. I mean, hundred is exaggerating. Yeah, I understand. (laughs) But I've read so many, and there are definitely like pro tips out there. You know, um, if you can't, you know, if you can't afford the monthly payment, you don't do it to yourself because your car is going to end up getting reposed. That's going to negatively impact your credit. Um, but the three years, I can't specifically remember getting it from someone and being like, yeah, but I know that your car value decreases the moment you drive it off the lot. I know, so, sad. so yeah, decreases like drastically. So if you get a loan and that loan is like, okay, so like right now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not to bash these auto companies out here, but a lot of them are offering like seven year loans like, during, during this time right now because they're like, well, we understand, you know, your money's tight, but you want a new car. And I'm like, <laughs> don't nobody sign up for no seven year 
Don't you do it to yourself. By the time you finish paying off that car, and maybe if you are lucky, in three to four years, you're going to want a whole new car. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that's if you keep it for seven years. Most people only keep their cars for three to five years. That is true. That is very true. I, I, it's it's funny because I actually have like a different take on like when it comes to cars. So like the way I was raised up, like my parents are just not about loans because the first time we moved to this country, they bought a car um, using loan. It was like a $20,000 car um, and it was like a Dodge, I think 1999 or something. And so mm-hmm. ever since that day, my mom is just like, yep, no more loans. We're going to go auction and we're going to buy a car with cash. And typically we're able to find a car. Like I have a car right now that's 2007. That's a vibe. And I got it for $1,500 at the auction. So mm-hmm. that's, Oh no, I completely support yeah. you. Right. Um, I know uh, actually that's, it's like ironic that you mentioned mm-hmm. that all the people I know who buy auction cars, uh, they're usually like first generation immigrants. Yeah. Mm. And I'm like, why y'all didn't get us gems to the rest of us out here? Like, <laughs> we over here getting auto loans. Here, we over here paying all this yes, y'all, y'all, y'all out here going and buying this car on auction. One of my good <laughs> friends, like um, her family is from Nigeria and she told me that and I was like, what? You know what's <laughs> And I mean, her car is nice. I was like, you did what? Um, so I would definitely say, you know, there there are other things outside of loans. There are auctions, and then they're saving your money and then buying the car cash. Mm-hmm. If you want to get a cash car, I say if you save anywhere from ten to fifteen thousand dollars, you literally could go in there buy. Uh, I I buy used. I think I should stipulate yeah. that we buy used cars only here. Yep. Um, no new cars. <laughs> The lower mileage is always the dream, but like we buy used cars here and uh, if you go and you can get a used car or a certified car and you saved your, if it's certified, you probably have to save about fifteen to $16,000, mm-hmm. but you can definitely get a nice used car maybe 50,000 to 60,000 miles on it and you could pay about $12,000 and uh, not compared to your 1500 but you can and so there are there are definitely options out there people have to realize you know there are options you want to get you a good car save money and you don't mind you know uh, I'm I'm one of those people who will hunt like I will be on like all the sites and I'm like, well, um, okay, this is this car. This car got this many miles. Okay. Let me go and compare it over here. Let me do a price check. <laughs> so if you don't mind hunting, I definitely suggest doing it, uh, doing the auction route yeah. or looking up used cars and then just trying to find one that, uh, you know, looks like it was taken well care of. So my next question is what are some of your favorite Instagrams that are in this personal finance world? Um, okay, so I have like four. Okay. Uh, product of Wealth. Um, she actually has a very detailed list on um, high interest savings accounts. So I would definitely do that. She focuses on uh, minority women. Um, 
And then the finance bar, um, they always have like good gems that they're dropping like almost every day. <laughs> and then the financial diet, they also have Ooh, like great like advice and and like you know scenarios that they drop out. And then uh, sometimes they share like little stories. Mm-hmm. And then the clever girl finance. Um, these are all like businesses in which I'm like looking like on their actual like Instagram every day and I'm like oh I wonder what they post I wonder what they're talking about um like sometimes I learn things from them you know um I will never say I know everything and I tell my clients that too if I don't know the answer you best believe I'm about to try to go out and find yeah. it yeah I love the trend <laughs> but yeah like it's just no one knows all mm-hmm. you know yeah and you're always constantly learning and relearning things so Yes. Yes. So um, with that, I want to say thank you, you know, for coming and joining us. And just the last question that we have is just any tips to help people stay motivated on this debt free journey, this journey to financial freedom that you would give to the people? Yes, I want like, you know, first thing is remember, most of your financial goals are obtainable. They are obtainable as long as you have a realistic plan and timeline. So if I make $30,000 a year and my and my expenses are high, then I can't be going around saying I'm about to save $10,000 this year. That's just unrealistic. However, if I got a new job and I was making, you know, $50,000 a year, but I still live like I was making $30,000 a year, then I could save $10,000. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Um, yeah. So, and do not lose sight of your goals. It it can be so hard to stay on track and to stay motivated. Mm-hmm. But whenever that happens, I open back up my planner and I'm like, what, what, "What's my goal? Where where am I focused? Oh, I want that Louis at the end of it. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, that's the real goal. <laughs> that's the this is the real goal. You know." Um, also, uh, as, as we mentioned throughout this conversation, open a high yield savings account, mm-hmm. um, start an emergency fund. If you don't have, one. Uh, yes. <laughs> and if you need help, tips or advice, I do have a free emergency fund email challenge. I just got and- it. <laughs> yes. I saw you. Sign yes. <laughs> I'll have to sign up myself. <laughs> yeah. I and you, it's, yeah, it's a total of five emails and you get one email a week. And then each, like each email is like, I'm not going to say an assignment, mm-hmm. but like you get, you get information mm-hmm. and then you get mm-hmm. something that you can do to help you reach that emergency fund goal. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Yes. Yes. Um, and so, uh, oh, I don't know. If, uh, were you done with the tips? I didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm done. <laughs> okay. And so then where can they find you at if they want to coach with you? They want just inspiration on um financial literacy. Like where can they find you at on the social platforms? Definitely on Instagram. Uh my Instagram handle is at underscore fuller than life underscore. Uh, they can also find me on my website, which is www.fullerthanlife.com. Um, and literally, I mean, 
I have I have a twenty minute free financial fitness call, mm-hmm. and when, mm-hmm. during that fit financial fitness call, you know they get a little bit of a little work a mini workbook that gets to feel how it's like to work with me. And, um, and then, you know, I also offer a plethora of services, uh, to meet my clients goals and missions. The one that I highly recommend is the financial health check where we take a deep dive into their current financial situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, and my, my, my name is fuller than life because my last name used to be fuller. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I love the, the play on words. That's so funny. Oh, yes. Well, um, definitely appreciate all the gems that you dropped. Definitely go and check her out. Y'all going to be doing the challenge with me or trying to get, you know, (laughs) trying to get this financial freedom and COVID messes all up. But that's why I feel like this was a great time to launch this um, season when everything's going on and people are having time to like literally like learn, engage and just grow and money. I mean, rules the world you know everybody was like "Uh," Mm -hmm. and what happens and different things like that so I just want to be able to help educate people and provide a resource for them so I definitely do appreciate you for coming on here and spending your time with us and um everything that you talked about so I hope you enjoyed us as well (laughs) I did I did I definitely enjoyed my time if y'all ever want to talk about finances again just let me know yes Um, (laughs) but uh it's it's true to my heart and I'm very passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's really great. Um, I'm passionate about money. <laughs> I'm yeah. just, yes, like, you know, money, money specifically. Yes, you know, I can't teach you the finance and stuff. You know, I said earlier, I said I don't really know too much about budgeting. So I got to figure out a different <laughs> way. It's like, some people budget, some people don't budget. Some people have all the different savings account or the different bank accounts. I'm just like, okay, let me see where I can fit in myself, you know, then the side hustle. And this. It's just like so much, like it's just so much dealing with money that you can do that you can't do and that you just don't even know what to do or how to do it. And so I just feel like yes. it's just so much going on. So I feel like that's really the first thing and the first issue. Sure. <laughs> it's like so much going on. But yeah, so definitely... Um, glad to have you on here to talk to chat and um hope we can continue having these conversations and being able to be a resource to you know the community for sure i really enjoyed talking to both of you thank you so much (laughs) yeah yes thank you um and y'all um make sure y'all follow her make sure y'all join the facebook group millennial thoughts and stay tuned for the next episode And it has been brought to my attention that the episode is over. I know. But if you want to keep on following up with us and stay in tune for the next episode, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Millennial Thoughts Pod. And I want to leave you with this. Passion our purpose. Profit our pain. I don't want my name to ever be in vain. A life full of purpose is the only thing that will remain the same. Millennial Thoughts.